John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past, the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization, we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is the Omnibus. have accessed entry 514.pp0203, certificate number 25968. Games Buddha wouldn't play. playground games that you played did you play marbles or how old are you you're not old enough to have ever played marbles. yeah i'm 108 years old i got my aggie and my cat's eye but tom sawyer took my steely <laughs> we didn't play jacks no uh we played um you know when there's a teacher you have to play duck duck goose or uh, you know some organized game right we'd play red rover you don't need any um equipment for that you just need to tear through and break each other's arms were you able to jump rope yeah. Have you ever done like double dutch? Have you ever done jump rope with other kids manning the rope? No, I was always kind of amazed when the girls would do that. <laughs> like I can jump rope myself like Rocky Balboa style, but I'm like not sure about the... The one where there are two girls swinging the ropes and three girls jumping in the and middle? And they're saying a very complicated rhyme no. about the number of kitty cats or whatever? No, I, I, I watch those things in amazement. I'll actually watch YouTube videos of... of kids jumping rope and, it's and the girls would often do some kind of patty very complicated patty cake pattern yeah you know what i'm talking about Cla- yeah, yeah. clapping games is there a name for that kind of game uh yeah patty cake clapping games uh, famously and so you know clearly they were light years ahead of us because we were just playing soccer right and poorly yeah right i mean i couldn't even really hang with the soccer a version of soccer where just all the kids kind of orbit the ball at all times and i, I would just play defense because like i would have to run less a lot of those like Jacks and marbles and, and, you know, ultimately dice. I always admired um, the idea of, of that kind of sport. You'd have I, to, you have to bring equipment. I was a little bit too, I mean, I, clearly, even though as the senior, senior uh, resident here at Omnibus HQ, not quite old enough to have played marbles. But my dad played marbles, and it just seemed so cool. You show up with your bag of marbles, and it ends up being like a, it's a, it's a kind of a war game. It's a gambling game. Yeah, you get to keep the, your proceeds. Yeah. It's like, it's like drag racing for pink slips. That was briefly popular at my elementary school, but with like, um, tops, spinning tops that you would, uh, use a piece of yarn to attack your opponent's top with. There was like a six month period where those were everywhere. And you would keep the top if you won, you know, marble oh, style. Wow. I think. 
briefly, I uh, I went through in the in the nineteen seventies went through a, a phase where I was really into kites, and I always longed for the opportunity to get into a, f- a kite fight with some other. Like I even fantasized about there Does being. Does that exist? Yeah. Where you put razor yeah. stuff on the wire? And I I I, I imagined that there would be some bully who would show up with his kite, and I would have my kite, and we would get into like a showdown where somehow right. I would be saving the other kids. Or, what could be tougher or more aggressive than flying a kite? You can see how this lends itself to combat. Well, for sure, for sure. And I mean, the, the way that kites fly, like it's not like he could be on the other side of the field because the wind is blowing in one direction and you both have to be, you know, so you have to be you kind have of- You have to be right next to them if your kites are right next to them. Or sort of next to one another, close enough to one another, and then your kites are kind of fighting up there in the sky. But I never did meet a bully that had a kite that was ready to take me on. Well, sure. Your bully not only has to own a kite, but have it there. And want to fight. And the weather has to be good. You can't just fly a kite any time. I feel like a, there probably were bullies with kites, but they saw my, they showed up at the park and they saw my prowess and they were like, I'll live to fight another day. Sure. And they, they, they slunk off and put their kite on the back of their bike and rode off. The only winning move is not to play. Exactly. We sometimes play that four square game, but now I can't remember the rules. They're, but the playgrounds always have markings for it. You know what I'm talking about? Just I like, do. Just like a square divided into f- four quarters and there's a ball bouncing between them. So we did play four square and four square has, um, like four square has pretty, uh, pretty complicated rules. And it was, I mean, not, not so complicated that, that a bunch of dumb kids can't play it, but, um, I'm not sure why I don't remember the rules. So you have to serve underhand, right? There's a there's a square like the it it goes in a circle. Yeah, there's a clockwise. I think. Yeah, there's a king or queen square, and the ball. Um, uh, you have to hit underhand. Did I say that? It bounces only once in your square, and then you hit it into the next square, um, and then. You know, it can go out. I mean, it's like a, it's like a weird, it's like a, it's, uh, it's, it's volleyball in the upside down. You know what I've thought of putting in the omnibus before is tetherball. Does tetherball still exist? I feel like when I'm on school playgrounds now, there's no tetherball. We, we played tetherball too. I think tetherball really hit its, hit its biggest moment yeah. at the end of, um, at the end of Napoleon Dynamite. Where and and also that kind of discredited tetherball. Oh, is tetherball and Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah, but that's it's all eighties nostalgia. I mean, that's twenty years after the actual cultural acme of tetherball. Right. Was that was that a tetherball revival? We played tetherball, but I think tetherball is a sport where it's just so tempting to just hit, just to use the tetherball incorrectly. And to to make it in, into an agent of, I mean, to just I guess try to hit the other person in the head instead yeah. of around the pole. But it is kind of a war game. Tetherball is also kind of a war game. But the game that really intrigued me and intrigues me to this day is hopscotch. You were intrigued by hopscotch. Well, I was intrigued by it because it's another one of these things like Foursquare that's painted on the on the cement at uh, mid-century suburban elementary schools, yeah. and um, and it seems you know it has. A, a very clear structure. It kind of looks like a, a, you know, it's painted in a form that looks like a totem pole. Or There's like numbers, a, so it seems like there must be order and rules. Order and rules, and it involves hopping. And scotching. And scotching, presumably. And I, I remember as a kid watching 
people play hopscotch. Foursquare seemed like a game that boys and girls played with each other. Hopscotch, like jump rope, what felt like a gendered game, right? Sad. It was a, what it was, an unenlightened time we grew up it in. It was a girl's game, hopscotch, and as such, kind of like doing Cat's Cradle, I watched with fascination. I wanted to play Cat's Cradle. I wanted to do it with the yarn, and I uh, was never invited to, and I never found a way to overcome my own fear, kind of like kissing. I also was never invited to kiss anybody and never overcame my fear. To this day? Until, well, until I was in my 40s. What would you like to do first? Would you like to play Cat's Cradle, or would you like to kiss a girl? I'm not sure which comes first. If you if you play Cat's Cradle, it depends on the culture. It will end up kissing. I'm almost certain. If I started playing Cat's Cradle with a girl now, I bet you we would end up kissing. But also, if we if I started kissing a girl, not that I have done this, but I wonder if we wouldn't end up playing Cat's Cradle eventually. Cat's Cradle and chill. Doesn't it, doesn't it kind of follow? Did you know, have it's this, very intimate? Game. Did you have the same experience as me watching Hopscotch, where you're trying to reverse engineer the rules? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know. We wouldn't even like we were at an age where we wouldn't even like talk to girls and be like, "Hey, how do you play that?" We would, I would just sit and be like, "Wait, what, how do you? What are they trying to do? So what? What's it, success? How do you win hopscotch? How do you win? Right? And and what it appeared, how how it appeared, is that um, the, the threw a, a little rock or a bag or a marble or a handbag or I don't know half a sandwich, usually a pebble in my experience. Yeah, threw it onto the court and then you hop on your on your hoppers or feet um down the hoppers, length of it we call them and then you turn around and you come back and you pick up the stone and then you go to the end and then you throw the stone again and then you hop on your hoppers pick up the stone and it seems to go on forever and i never i didn't understand it how it was scored <laughs> or whether there were winners or losers there's another girl standing by with a scorecard keeping very careful not uh, notes of uh, of each play it didn't That's appear a five, that, four, three. It didn't appear that anybody ever like had a there were no high fives associated with it. I think I I think you get out if you step on a line, right? Or if you miss And aren't you trying to pattern. not hop on the space with the pebble? You don't hop on the space with the pebble, but that seems really easy not to do. It seems too easy. Yeah. I feel I felt like it should be cumulative. Like at some point maybe there should be a second pebble and you would have to miss two at that point. I was I yeah. was kind of trying to reverse engineer how I would do hopscotch. Yeah, how does it escalate, right? Like how's and it appears Where's the arc? It appears Where's not the to. drama. Also, when I was young, I found it very easy to hop. The game would be more challenging to me now just because just the nature of hopping. Just what it would do to your vertebrae every time. <laughs> yeah. I weigh 1000 pounds and it, it's like it's like watching a rhinoceros hop. Uh, but when I was a kid, when I was 8 years old, I could hop all day. Kids can just hop. And so the game, and so I've done some research into the rules of hopscotch. For today or just uh, idly over the, the intervening decades? Well, it may not surprise you to learn that uh, the other day I was on a playground. Um, it's still... It does surprise me. Did the, 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 what, the restraining order ended? <laughs> it's still, uh, still the waning days of the COVID epidemic. And so playgrounds, um, it's still unclear exactly what the protocols are. Uh, when you have a child and the child wants to go to the playground and there are other children there, what do we do now? What, what we're in this weird middle ground where it's like, it's kind of fine, I guess we're all vaccinated, but at the same time, we're still really performing that we don't. Right. We know outdoor is safe, but what if there's somebody there who doesn't, who hasn't got that memory? Yeah. You don't want to tick them off. And we're all wearing masks still, even, even like at, 
at things where there's absolutely zero chance. Even if we all had COVID, there would be zero chance of any of us giving it to one another. You know, when it was very clear what the right behavior was, say, six months ago, then you could only get mad at one kind of person, the person doing it wrong. Right. But now that uh, it's not unclear what the right etiquette is in any situation, it's just a boom time because now you can get mad at anyone. Right. It's fantastic. Why, why am I mad at you? I was at, uh, so I was at a swimming pool, an outdoor swimming pool the other day, and everyone, all the parents were around the swimming pool, all wearing masks, while our kids were down in a pool basically spitting on each Unvaccinated. other. Unvaccinated. Yeah. Unvaccinated kids just like breathing, uh, breathing swimming pool water on one another. But we're all up here, you know, very studiously staying 15 feet apart. And I, you really do wonder like, what's next? What are we, what What's our exit strategy here? What is the exit strategy? I just want to lick a tetherball pole. Is that so wrong? On July 4th, do we just all uh, just jump into a jello pit with each other and and declare it over? Or well, so I'm on the playground and I'm and I find myself staring at the hopscotch field of play Mm -hmm. and and wondering, okay, I'm in my 50s. I've seen hopscotch my entire life. I have still have no idea how this game is played, why it is ubiquitous. And so I ask my daughter, how do you play hopscotch? And she, of course, knows and begins to explain it to me. And as she explains it, it sounds like the, it sounds like the rules of a game that she's making up as she goes. Because she does that all the time. She's like, oh, I totally know how to play football. See, you take the, the whim jam and you run it over here and you put it up a... It's like, sweetie, that's Well, that's not- how kids play. And then the pirates see the spaceship. <laughs> so she's talking about it and she's like, you throw it and then you have to hop and pick it up. And as she's demonstrating it, she's stepping on lines right and left. I mean, she if she were in competitive hopscotch... Um, you know, she wouldn't be on the national team. There was team. like one of those computerized tennis umpires. Yeah. That would be like, fault, 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 fault. And, and I would be the same way. I mean, just to make it to down to one end and back, I was already like out of breath. I don't want You're to like, do this anymore. Got a hand on each knee. <sighs> but it, as she explained it, it seemed impossibly simple and pointless. I think this is the difference between young schoolyard male culture and young schoolyard female culture and maybe this is just society writ large is ours is competitive you're, you're trying to figure out how to win theirs is collaborative collaborative they just want to throw a pebble and go back and forth together that what they really want to do is talk right and so all these games are just about talking and singing whereas but, but jump ropes are confusing because you can't talk while you're um doing a rhyme about uh you know miss mcgillicuddy or yeah but all those rhymes are are like are just ways to put other people in their place. <laughs> Whereas, uh, yeah, the boys don't want to talk or sing or or share our experiences at all. We would just want to hit. That's what soccer is for. Hit and hurt. So I started to do some research on hopscotch because how is it that, you know, something could be literally underfoot all these decades and still be so um, inscrutable? There's one on a sidewalk in our neighborhood, by the way. I walk by it all the time. Some neighbor has just kind of perma put a hopscotch court, uh, field, pieced, (laughs) I don't know what it is, on the sidewalk. I'm surprised in your neighborhood that there hasn't been, uh, that there, you know, that there hasn't been a big threat on Nextdoor about how dare they. 
I think it um, predates most of the NIMBYs in the neighborhood. I think it's some old school thing. But also my my daughter told me some very sad story about it. Like a, a teacher at their school used to live there and then someone lost a boyfriend in a mountaineering accident or something. <sighs> so now there's neighborhood lore about oh, the ghosts uh, of the hopscotch. Uh, uh, what is it? Pissed. Pitch. <laughs> yeah, pitch. Let's the, call the it hopscotch pitch. pitch. No, I think it's a court. Hot, hopscotch court. It just seems too small to be a court. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's the, that's the official name, a, a hopscotch court. A run, a hopscotch uh, board. I will go it's with. It's bigger than a board, but smaller than a court. I'll go with pieced, but, but if, 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 if we don't make that canon right now, I'm afraid it's court. I'll say court, but I'm skeptical. It's got to be the smallest court imaginable. Like if you go any smaller than that, it's like you're playing uh, what, Monopoly on a court. It's just not that big. If you had, if you had a, if you had a landscape architecture at your house, which you do, although I'm being generous, how much, how how many paver stones arranged in a geometric pattern would there have to be for you to call it a court? Mm, it's well, down there in our courtyard. Not every patio is a court. Yeah, but your but yours in yours particularly. When you come up the front stairs, when you're walking up to the house, you've got that little area there that's kind of like oh, it's too circular, small to be yeah. a yard, too big to be a. It, would you call that? Is that is that big enough to be a court? I don't have a name for that either. Yeah, it's and, just, and I never thought of it, but now it's bothering yeah, me. Yeah, it's down there. It's part of your. It's part of what you're representing to people visiting your home. It's a court. Well, I don't know well, if it's a court. Well, a hopscotch court is called a court. And, okay. uh, and the thing, well, but the, here, here's the thing, Popscorn. you're, um, you're picturing one where the squares are what about 12 inches, 16 inches square. Yeah, yeah. They're small, but you can make a hopscotch court as big or small as you like. I mean, you could probably do a hopscotch court where you just you made to, it big enough for your fingers to challenge the expert level hopper. Oh, I guess it does have to be small enough that a person could hop from reasonably hop from one square to the Maybe next. Maybe a kangaroo so, could have yeah. a, an infinitely large. Law. Hopscotch court. Uh, but a, a kangaroo can't hop infinitely far. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, in researching it, it appears to be just as simple and dumb as we always imagined. There's no rules. You throw a marker, uh, also, and the marker is can be a coin, it... it, it uh, is there a shuffleboard aspect where you're trying to throw the marker on a particular easier square? Like the, the ones where it's two abreast, those are easier to go around than, a, than one of the one abreast parts? Um, do you understand the nature of my question? I do. And the, and the strategy of the, of the game over the course of the, the whole arc of the game. There's um, an arc. There's an arc because the game, um, it's not just go down and back. It's, you know, then you hand off and the next person goes down and back. And I don't see how you can make it more challenging or honestly less challenging. Um, you, you hop down, you you avoid the square that has the, the lucky bean in it. And then you get down to the end. Do you switch legs? Each I feel like I might have seen people switch legs at the end. No? You you start on a leg and then you have to stay on that leg unless you get to the double wide ones where you widen out. Oh, there you hit both legs, right? Yeah. And then yeah, maybe you switch on the far end. I mean, I 
having done research, I am no more enlightened. Um, it's not just how the game is played, but why the game is played. I think of the thousands of people painting these on asphalt everywhere in America without even a sense of how to do it. Well, here, here's the thing that, that was even more confusing to me. Um, hopscotch is ancient, um, prehistoric. Really? It goes back to, uh, to prehistoric India. Is tetherball prehistoric? Well, you would have had to have had a, uh, the ability to, to mount a ball on a pole. The Aztecs probably had that. But big, this is big ball of rubber, big ball of latex. Well, but did but did did they ever put a ball of latex on a rope on a pole? They had a ball. They had poles. They had ropes. They had balls. Oh, they sure did. But it's the combination. It's the combination of the three things. But that's just the idea. That's just a young Aztec boy sitting upright in the dead of night saying, "Wait a second. Well, but that's what they said about the wheeled cart too. I guess. I mean, we there were wheels for many centuries before anyone used it as a means of transportation. It was a means of, they, of, they played roulette. Um, it was making pots. The original right. wheel was for pottery, and then somebody turned it on end and was like, "Watch me! Hey, look at me!" <laughs> um, so hopscotch goes back to prehistory, um, one of the oldest games, and That's so crazy. the fascination of this, like, like um, carve carve some lines in the in the dirt, throw a a rock down and then hop on one foot but not where the rock is don't touch the rock don't touch the square with the rock in it then get to the end turn around and come back and grab the rock on your way back uh and then do it do it again throw the rock down again the funny thing is someone invented it somebody twelve thousand years ago left the cave and did this showed it to their friends somehow it their friends on. were like oh dude i know i can do this this changes everything and then and then it was uh it became like an a a, a, a well as we'll see, a massive distraction. Some other settlement has to see it and be like, hey, we got some time after the crops are in. Did you see what they're doing over by the river? Like it has to spread. It has to spread and it has to, like most games are. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem so obvious to me that everybody just came up with hopscotch one day, right? No, no, no. You're right. It had to start somewhere. Mr. Hopscotch. With one genius. Right. Un, unknown genius. Um, most games are... Um, are analogs or are, are, are metaphors for either a race or a battle. Yes. And Monopoly or chess. Monopoly or chess. And well, this, I guess Monopoly is not a race, but kind of. It's kind of a race or it's a, you know, around the kitchen cock-a-doodle-doodle-doo. Candyland or chase or chess. But, um, But the original, like the original, the, the people that saw hopscotch for the first time as, as strangers, as travelers who came to your village and, and were like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're playing hopscotch. Well, what, explain it to me. And then felt like, oh, this analogy speaks to me because if we can, if we can resolve this dispute on the hopscotch court, we maybe won't have to. What is the analogy? Take, take to the battlefield. Is that, what is the analogy though? It's, is it just a demonstration of personal agility, like the Spartans doing calisthenics or yeah, whatever? Yeah, but agility, but there's the element of the, uh, the, the hunt maybe. I mean, you have to like get, you have to go out and. and I guess you do have to grab a thing. Yeah. You, you not step on the landmine and then come back and grab the landmine. First it's a predator. You have to avoid the predator on your way out. Then on your way back, it becomes the prey. That's right. You're the predator. 
It's mm-hmm. a it's a transformation game. It's, it's life. A, yeah. At the at the end of the thing is the coming of age ceremony. Where right. You, where you're an adult. You become the werewolf, and then you're the master of the court. So, so it um, it really it really really resonated uh, enough that it became a uh, it, as one of the ancient games. It's very early attested to. Uh, you, you find hopscotch courts in ancient Rome. You find them in ancient Persia. Um, That's crazy. It um, we've we've called it hopscotch since uh, the fifteenth century. What's the scotch doing there? Scotch, in this sense, means like a mark, like a oh, okay, like a scratch. Um. You you would you would naturally assume that it was a reference to the Scotch people, the but, Scottish people. But in fact, in Scotland, the game is known as Peavers, Peaverells, and Pabots. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm afraid not. Uh, Peavers, Peaverells, and Pabots. And it, what's hilarious is that that's the longest name of all of the hundred thousand names. You know, in India, it's called Stapu. Uh, yeah, the Scots are thrifty. They should be. I know it in Spanish. What is it? Rayuela. Rayuela. And I know that because there's a pretty um, famous Julio Cartasar novel called Hopscotch, where the gimmick is you can either read all the chapters in order, or you can hopscotch through them in a second order, actually avoiding certain expendable squares and get a different narrative. Oh. It's a little bit cooler than it sounds. Rayuela. I can't roll my eyes. Rayuela. Uh, all, there are other names in Spanish also, Galosa, Caranca, uh, uh, in French it's Marel, in Turkey it's Sexec, but in Scotland it's Peavers, Peaverells, and Pabots. Oh, they're lovely. That sounds like it should be a, it sounds like something you would eat in Scotland. Do you want some uh, Peaverells with your Pabots and Pabots? Um, and I think Peaver is the name of the of the little stone. Um, threw a peaver on the paver. You threw a peaver on the paver. That's right. And there are a lot of rules about the about the marker. Like you can't when you throw the marker, it can't slide into its spot. It has to land. It can't. Oh, so the throwing is part of the game. The throwing is part of the game. What happens if you do it bad? You lose. You lose your turn. It's Susie's turn. I think you are summarily executed in most cultures. That's what makes this a, a, a high stakes game. We don't. Pl- we're not playing Aztec hopscotch here. <laughs> we had a much more chill version in my school. But what I discovered, and I think what surprised me the most. Uh, in researching hopscotch was that as part of its, uh, its ancient lineage, it appeared very early on in a list that, um, that Buddha made or was made on Buddha's behalf. Buddha probably wasn't in the business of making lists. He was, Buddha probably spent a lot of time sitting and speaking lists aloud and someone else wrote them down. Well, plus his thinking would not have been so bound and linear, right? Surely he's trying to rid himself of attachments to that kind of constrictive order and to expand his mind. It's interesting when you, and and I should stipulate right now that you and I are not Buddhist Buddhist or experts in Buddhism. And I'm sure that there are a lot of Buddhist listeners to the program, a lot of futurelings who are... um, Everyone in the future will be a Buddhist. Buddha adjacent. 
I think, I wonder if you can be an expert at Buddhism. That seems opposite. So many things seem opposite of Buddhism, including the idea of including everything in my life being opposite of Buddhism. I wonder if uh, everyone listening to this in the future is living in the Western paradise of the Amitabha Buddha, huh? Where they've all sprung out of lotus flowers in a in a perfect landscape of of light and harmony. Somehow they would still enjoy podcasts. Enjoy podcasts, <laughs> and in this one in particular, so they they can't have like completely eliminated. Completely, uh, like, transcended the grasping world. Well, um, like, maybe our podcast is uh, is found in that plane as well. Maybe it's part of the enlightenment they seek. Yeah, that's true. There's it's not the a, there, historical perspective. There's not a ton of 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 acquisitiveness to this show or of holding on. We're not grasping and clinging, are we? Very few conceptions of heaven or paradise have uh, entertainment. People are always just lounging and um, well, playing the the liar. There's music. Music. That's true. There is music. And there's... Um, Break dancing. Sometimes there's dance. Sometimes the angels, you know, move in the, the rotation of the well, spheres. they're dancing on the head of a pin. That's one of the number one things that angels do. But there's never, uh, like, a play. No, nobody ever puts on a series of uh, one acts. you're saying. Nobody's working on the great heaven novel. Uh, Mark Twain is in It's a Wonderful Life. Clarence says that Mark Twain's working on a new novel in heaven. Uh-huh. But that seems like mostly a 20th century idea that you'd want to have that you'd want to have your shows up there. Kind of seems like hell. If you, if you have to work on a novel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody works on a novel cause it's like their dream. Maybe it comes easier up there. Let's go hire an intern. You know what? We would benefit from an intern. How, what, what, how would we even begin to find an intern? It's tough. Like if you, uh, at some point in your life, the thing you do as a side hustle may become a small business. And I'm yeah. sure there are people listening for whom that's true. And suddenly you have to hire people. And suddenly that's a new part of your side hustle that you were not prepared for. Mindy has started doing a lot of stuff for us, but she's not going to do that forever. She's going to get really tired of helping us. She's going to, she's going to do such a good job. She's going to move on to doing that at a bigger podcast. She's going <laughs> to be like Joe Rogan's uh, girl Friday. She'll end up being the CFO of this podcast. Of this podcast. She already kind of is the CFO <laughs> of this podcast. So where, if I were going to hire an intern or let's say two interns, one for you and one for me, I would need an intern more, but you would probably use an intern more. Where would I go? John, let me recommend to you Indeed.com, the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates thanks to their proprietary Indeed instant match, searching through millions of resumes to find the perfect podcast intern to go do your, uh, what are you going to have them do? Oh, like so, so many clean, things. Clean the windows of your car? No, they sell some Filson jackets for me on, on eBay. They could uh, help me help me make lists and then actually go and do the things on the list. You will not have to worry about the hiring part of this if how, you use Indeed. How is the how is Indeed any different from other hiring sites? I mean, it delivers one and a half times more hires than internal referrals. It's the number one source of hires in the U.S., more total visits than any other job site. And they've got great features, like you get full control and payment uh, flexibility. There's no long-term contract, so you only pay for the services you need. And you get the candidates list, like, right away. Instant match means zero weight. So what if I, I mean, you're saying if I want this quality shortlist fast, that Indeed can get it to me right now? Yes. And our listeners will get a free $75 credit to upgrade their job post if they go to Indeed.com 
slash omnibus. So, so wait a minute. Is this Indeed's best offer anywhere? Best offer available anywhere. A free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash omnibus. That's Indeed.com slash omnibus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, Buddha, um, in trying to describe the process uh, to people who were one of the di- most difficult things about being Buddha, I think, was explaining enlightenment to people. Because, because you're surrounded by all these dumb Kevins. Yeah, it's very hard to it's very hard to uh, explain non-attachment. I think it's a lot easier now because there's a whole shelf at Barnes and Noble <coughs> just about explaining it to uh, to rich Americans. But even the language of Buddhism today seems challenging to my to my Western mind. And I don't know if that's because it's challenging to everybody's natural thought processes, or if it's because I was raised in an American culture, or if it's because I'm living 2,500 years after these ideas were a vernacular that made sense to people. I think it was probably, I mean, I try and put myself in the Buddhist shoes a lot. And I think one of the WWBD, one of the, one of the, the hardest things would have been to describe it first to um, to the first people who are like, what's going on? Don't you want, like, get up, come on, like, come with us. We're going to go. We, no, 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 no. There's this killer real estate deal. I we just had an idea. Get you into. I was under like, this tree and I had an idea. Yeah. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm all about anymore. And it's like, what do you mean? How can you not be about this killer real estate deal? It's like, well, let me explain. Um, even, even by explaining, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of like going outside of my You're right. You know, I said, I said Buddha wouldn't make lists, but of course he did. Yeah. He had four noble truths and an eightfold path. He, he was Mr. PowerPoint. That's right. And, and a lot of that was, like a lot of religious doctrine, there's doctrine that is meant for the laity, but there's a lot more doctrine meant for people who are clergy or trying to be clergy, trying to be monks. You know, if you think about all the writing, all the Catholic writing— so much of it is uh, internal documents, and you're as a lay person, you're not expected to follow all of the prescriptions. You don't care what the Franciscans do. That's right, but though, but they care what they do. Sure. But Buddha made a lot of lists and made a lot of um, suggestions, and the way Buddha often framed it, or the way it's framed in Buddhist language, is not that he uh, that he said, "Here are the things you cannot do." But rather, he would frame it as, here are the things I wouldn't do, and with the implication being... And you shouldn't either. If you want to follow the path, here's what I'm trying not to do. Of course, you're going to probably try not to do it too. And that's another kind of difficulty. It's a translation difficulty, not from language, but a translation of, like, I had this incredibly powerful personal... Revelation. It probably transcended language, which, and I'm now trying to use words. Right, and now, now I'm trying to use words, and I'm trying to guide you to follow a thing which is intensely, um, at least for me, intensely personal. But Buddha made a list of games he wouldn't play. What? Now, the implication of this list, mm-hmm. the fact that it's easier to list the games he wouldn't play than he would play, is that he would still play most games, surely. Or he would have made a list of the games he would play, a shorter one. Well, what we'll find is that he made a list of categories of games he wouldn't play, 
But reading it, I was intrigued to try and imagine what are some games that wouldn't fall into these categories. Oh, are the categories so sweeping that it kind of... Because really, it would have been very easy for him to say, check it out, the Buddha doesn't play games. Buddha's not playing. Buddha, Buddha doesn't play Buddha like that. Buddha don't play. Right. Well, let's take a look at some of the games that Buddha wouldn't play. And, um, and maybe we can... What if I say a game, and you tell me if you think Buddha would play it based on his categories? Okay, throw, let's try this. Throw, throw out a game. Well, would the Buddha play soccer, for example? Um, Buddha, in the list of games that he would not play, uh, the number three on his list, games of marking diagrams on the floor such a, that a player can only walk on certain places. Well, that's hopscotch. That's hopscotch, and and is a direct reference to hopscotch. But also, soccer is sure uh, games a, on the there, floor. Any any well, any sport will have inbounds and out of bounds. So, but more and more to the point, uh, category seven ball games. Oh, well, so all ball games are out. All ball games are out. Okay, what about um, uh, Candyland? So Candyland, um, oh wait, I was about to say, I, I was about to, I was trying to say a dice game. Like, what about Clue? Are dice games okay? Um, category five, games of throwing dice. Oh, so dice are out. Dice are out. Well, then Candyland's interesting because the dice mechanism is a series of colored cards. Um, and, and that is kind of covered, um, because it was recognized that dice uh, dice take different forms, and dice can be cards or knuckle bones. I mean, anything that that you performs any, the the role any, of dice. You think, so anything, any randomizing device is is qualifies as dice. Is out. Yeah. What about uh, Zelda? Can you play like video games? There actually is a uh, a um, like a a discussion online among Buddhists, a, among not not um, maybe among like Buddha adjacent, you know, bu- people Buddha friendly that, people that are that are inquiring minds want to know whether there are modern games Buddha couldn't have anticipated that somehow Buddha would allow for. But but I think the overall point of this list of games Buddha wouldn't play, um, the overall point was that Buddha did not want the mind to be um, distracted by notions of winning, of uh, triumph. You know, these are... I feel like at that point he just needs to say, Buddha says don't play games. Don't play games. Let me read you the list of, okay. of, of categories, and we'll see if there are games that don't fit these categories that maybe would be, that Buddha would, like delight in okay because i don't want buddha to be i don't want to imagine buddha playing a game kind of like okay it's not on the list fine all right you can play this game like this is me every time my kids want to play the game of life or whatever yeah yeah right where you're like all right technically i did say that i would play this with you later and it is (laughs) technically later so yes all right no uh, if buddha's going to play a game i want i want to imagine that buddha is having a blast well sure yeah because think of all the things he could be doing with his time. Right. Okay, so the first category of games the Buddha wouldn't play 
um, category one, games on boards. Wow. But specifically, games on boards where the boards have eight or ten rows. Chess or checkers. Now, this prohibition predates the game of chess. Oh, so chess was played on a similarly sized board that older games were played on. And the older games, um, there were games popular at the time. Uh, one of them was um, Ashtapada, uh, which is kind of a, a precursor to chess. And uh, Chaturanga and Desapada, these were all games played on what we come to think of as chessboards. But rather than uh, being war games, they were, and they're, and the pieces of these games actually look like chess pieces. There's a king, there's a knight. Um, instead of a bishop, there's an elephant. Hmm. Uh, and I think there, uh, maybe uh, a castle. I feel like the Church of England should consider that change. Instead of a bishop, instead of a bishop an, elephant. an elephant. Can you imagine if every surprise. cathedral had its had an elephant instead yep. of a bishop? Oh man. I would join that religion. I would be at mass every Sunday. What the heck are we doing? What There's no reason we couldn't start this religion. I mean, it's not super maybe good to the elephant. Oh, right. Like even no matter how humane you are, it still has to live in a cathedral. Right, right, right. Which presumably it would good not point, want to Good point. Good point. All right, well, let's table that for a minute. Although that's problematic because table tabletop games are are not permitted, oh. but the but the um, the chessboard and the chess pieces instead of going at one another in head to head combat, they actually moved in a circle around the board. So it was a chase game. So it's not collaborative. You're still playing against someone. Uh, and in fact, you could play. There were four four right. people Everybody on the board. Everybody gets a corner, and you get a corner, and then you move your pieces in a circle around a, huh. around the central hub. These are the kind of uh, the games that that preceded chess. This is probably what futurelings are going to do. They find a chessboard in the rubble and they're, they're probably playing it like this. They're like, whoa, how Wait, do you what? do this? You, that's not right? Okay, all right, all right. Everybody starts in the middle and then we try to get to the side. It's like my daughter uh, trying yeah. to describe hopscotch. Exactly. Um, so those games were right out. Okay. Games on boards with eight to 10 rows, pre-chess. Uh, pre but category two, the same games, but played on imaginary boards. Oh, like when you wait, was that a thing then? So there was there there's reference to um the Ashtapada, the 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 chess game, the pre-chess game. There were references to Ashtapadam played in the sky, which are uh which the assumption is that it's like playing blindfold chess. Right, because you do see people in movies play King's Pawn to Knight 7 or whatever and they'll just talk back and forth and they're imagining the board. So blindfold chess where people are imagining the board um, goes back centuries. Huh. And in the, um, in like, you know, the, the, um, during the kind of enlightenment period, but certainly in, in the, uh, you know, in the 18th, 19th century, people playing blindfold chess against multiple opponents became, this was kind of like one of the, one of the, uh, signals of genius that you could sit in a chair and play against other people who had a chessboard in front of them. And you were just kind of imagining the game. Um, and that was such a, Oh yeah. I guess for an audience, you don't want it to be imaginary. You want there to be a board, but the guy's blindfolded. So yeah. He's blindfolded. You just can't see it. And it was, it became such a, 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 a sign and symbol of genius that, um, that the USSR actually 
tried to ban blindfold chess because it said it was breaking people's minds. Um, and it's still, it still exists now as it's not like a, I, I don't, I, I hesitate to call it like a parlor show, but in 2016, a man by the name of Timur, uh, Garyev played 48 different people. This is in 2016 while sitting on an exercise bike and he won 35 of the games, seven draws and six losses. He's imagine he has to remember the position of every board of 48 different chess games. Does he need the bike? He's on the bike for some reason. I don't know why to, because he's trying to go for a, this trying a, to get a second Guinness world. Record. I was about to say the Guinness record <laughs> is most blindfold chess games completed while on a bike, while on a bike. So it's, it, it remains a thing, uh, playing blindfold chess. It's just but, hard to believe. I mean, even somebody doing one game, I'd be like, but how does he know where the night was? Much less on 48 boards at once. Yeah, it's a, it's just a, a it's a. I wonder if he has to try or if there's just a different flavor to each game. He's like, oh, no, no, no. This is clearly the one that felt like this last time, you know? Yeah, you wonder whether it's, it is that, whether he's playing it more as a poem. Or, is, or has, does he have to construct, all right, I need to remember, game 16 has I'm, I'm you know I'm doing this opening or whatever. Well, this was the conceit of that recent television show uh, with the redheaded lady. Oh, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. She plays in the ceiling. And there that's are, literally Buddha's playing in the sky. Yeah, there are uh, there are uh, blindfold chess people who describe visualizing the board in that way. Huh. Uh, and 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 one of the more famous uh, stories was you know one of the early kind of people that could play multiple people described it as something that he used to put himself to sleep at night, lay in bed and look at the ceiling and picture a chess game. So the queen's gambit is, you know, that, that plot point was derived from, if you have a chess brain, you're chess like, brain. Oh yeah. She's doing the thing. But as we've learned about neuroatypicality nowadays, the kind of understanding that like, I have an inner voice. Um, a lot of people don't, but I cannot sit here and visualize a, uh, a rose, I can only visualize a description of a rose and other people can see a rose quite perfectly in their mind. Is this an example or are you confessing that you cannot picture a rose? Right well, now? can you picture a rose? I think so. My oh. rose is pretty good. You can see it rather than see, uh, an, uh, rather than see an understanding of it. Yeah, I feel like I'm seeing the image of it. Yeah, and that's I, a, I know where all the pedals are located. It's pretty spacious. That is not a thing that I knew I didn't have until very recently. Um, when I sit down to draw something, I put the pencil on the page and start moving the pencil until it starts to look like the thing I'm trying to draw. Mm. I don't visualize it and and then draw from an image. I just wa I just watch the lead until it looks like what I'm trying to make. That would go a long way to explaining which kids in a class are what the teacher would say good at drawing or not. Right. And and I was always considered good at drawing, but it was not I wasn't seeing it. And I, and 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 realizing this and talking to people that I know who are artists who are like, "No, I close my eyes and I see it." Yeah. I see a perfect It's right there. Like I I thought you were making it up when you said that. No. I thought you were reading about some weird person who had his corpus callosum cut and now he couldn't see a rose anymore. But and, you're that weird person. And and the thing is I I discovered this because of all those all those conversations we've been having in the last year about the fact that because I have such a loud inner voice, one that is talking to me all the time conversationally, and that I'm talking to all the time conversationally. What is it? Is it your voice? Whose voice is it? Well, there are multiple voices. Oh, and it, well, but, I've heard about this. But they're not 
but I don't, I don't think that they are, it's not schizophrenic, right? I don't, I'm not wondering where the voice is coming from. I know who they all are. Uh, and they're all, most of them are a real pain in the ass. They're in there. They've got a lot of opinions and I feel like they need to be quiet. Do they have cool, cool nicknames? They need to listen to daddy. Yes, they, uh, well, they're not cool nicknames cause I'm not a namer. There, I know so many people who name everything and it's very natural to them to say like, oh, my car, Brenda. And I don't, I name things just according to their color. Like that's the green one and that's the green truck. And it's very Buddha of you. Yeah. He wouldn't name his car. But in trying to describe to other people all the different conversations I'm having in my head and realizing there are so many people that don't do that at all. In fact, do oh. not talk at all to themselves. It's blissfully quiet in here right now. But they do see beautiful roses and i'm like when i close my eyes all i see is static it's just it's the it's it's like the uh the n- neutrons from the creation of the universe they're extremely you're they're at one end of a spectrum where they're extremely visual yeah and as a musician you're at a spectrum where you're extremely auditory yeah right? maybe well i'm not sure this is the stuff we haven't investigated this enough but i know for one thing i cannot play 48 games of simultaneous chess blindfolded while on an exercise bike. I think just being on the exercise bike would be enough of a challenge for me. It seems like the Buddha is anticipating future objections to his rules because after he's like no board games, then he's like, and you can't do a board game where the board's imaginary. That's right. Can't do it. It's like, it's a preemptive move. Uh, Number three, we've already covered games of marking diagrams on the floor such that a player can only walk on certain places. The hopscotch amendment, the hopscotch amendment. Um, And, and it's an, in describing it, um, you know, there, there, there was a hopscotch game that was very popular in India and Nepal at the time. Um, That's fantastic. And he pa- thought it was... Parahara Patham. This is just making the Buddha seem like an old crank. He's like, the kids today are playing Parihara Patham, and I don't like it. Well, but the thing is, that's, what, that's the wonderful thing about it. He's not saying you can't. He's saying these are games he wouldn't play. Got it. Number four. Games where players either remove pieces from a pile or add pieces to it, with the loser being the one who causes the heap to shake. So it's like Jenga. Like Jenga, pickup sticks, uh, yeah, um, pick sticks. Uh, Mikado, what's Kerplunk. A, what's an additive one? These are all subtractive, right? Uh, are there ones where you... Oh, yeah, we have, a, we have a game where you have to add, um, kind of add these weird dangling components to like a, a, a Calder-like mobile. I can't remember what this game is called. And eventually it starts to tilt out of kilter and then it falls. Well, if you think about a house of cards, I mean, sure. that's what it is, right? Any, anytime you're, you and a, and a friend are piling things on top of one another and the loser is the one that makes it fall. I mean, it's basically three quarters of all the games I play. It's just that those towers are emotional. <laughs> it seems like these could be solitary games. Like he wouldn't be against... A lot of the times he's talking about winners and losers. Right. Like it seems like maybe he wouldn't be against me building a house of cards as a By yourself. lonely pastime. I don't know. I don't know. You may have hit on a on an example of a game that Buddha would play or at least wouldn't be wouldn't be against. He never he never um says cards specifically. Is that not one of the I don't want to jump ahead. Well let's 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 go on. Okay. Um number five is games of throwing dice. All dice are out. Number six Games that involve dipping the hand with the fingers stretched out in lack, lack, which is a kind of uh, like a like a red colored 
Um, oh, like shellac, like sh- resin. Yeah. It's from. It's made from bugs. It's made from it's bugs. Beetle wings or something. Um, and then striking the wet colored hand on the ground or on a wall and calling out, "What shall it be?" And then showing the form required: elephants, horses, etc. So in this game, are you? Do you make this the? You make the splotch, and then people try to suggest what it is. Or, or yeah, okay. It's a kind of. Um, it, I, I do that game where I'll do a squiggle and then I'll try to make it into a face or something. Yeah, it's suggested that it's like a Pictionary it's a style game. It's a little, it's Pictionary adjacent for sure. Do you think this would remove all drawing games? Yeah, from- all sort of like, uh, guess what Guess what this is games. There's a lot of that in this list, the sort of guess what this is stuff is off limits. Well, those kind of games must have been popular back then because they don't require equipment. Right? You, you, didn't, know, you didn't need pads. The kind of stuff you play in a, in a long car trip. 20 you didn't questions. need spear. Right. Um, we'll get to the 20 questions thing in a second. Oh, right. What I discovered about lack is that um, lack is, as you said, right? The, the, uh, the, its ultimate form is shellac. Lack is the word for the bug and also for the product the the resin that is excreted by the bug. Do we like it because of its color? Is it was it used as a dye or is it two different two different versions of it? Okay. So the word lack actually comes from the Sanskrit word meaning one hundred thousand, because uh, the suggestion is that so many bugs are required. You know, th- these are sw- <laughs> swarming bugs, and um, in order to make a, a useful amount of lack resin, you need that many bugs or, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of bugs. And so the bug is actually described by a number, lack. That's funny because our word lack means the opposite of that. It would be right. the smallest possible quantity of something. If you have a lack of something, you don't have a hundred thousand for that, sure. Uh, that's right. But in, in Sanskrit, if you have a lack of something, you have, you have it in plenitude. Man, it's just crazy how different, different uh, I know. people Aren't are. Aren't people amazing? Fantastic, the diversity. So the way, <laughs> the way that you harvest lack... Um, the, uh, the insects create these resin tubes on branches of trees and, and they, and this will work on, it's not like the mulberry. Um, these lack insects will, will make these tubes on a variety of different trees. Like on the, it's like a, on the surface of it? On the branch that as they, they kind of build this tunnel of resin as they work along a branch. And the way to harvest it is that you actually cut the branch that's covered with lac resin. And that product is called stick lac. I can see why. It's a stick covered with lac. And if you're trying to make a dye, you leave the insect in, you, you, you harvest the stick lac with the insect in the, the lac because the color of the bug determines oh, okay. the color of the dye. If you just want sticky resin, it doesn't have to have the bug in it. If you want it to be red or whatever, yeah, it's got to have a bunch of little bug. bug corpses in the resin. If you have processed the stick lac so that you've just taken the resin and you've cleaned the bug parts out of it, uh, and the way that they did that was that they would kind of get like a, a cheesecloth bag and they would put the stick lac in it and then heat the bag and the resin would melt and go through the cheesecloth, ah. leaving the bark and the bug parts bug carcasses. behind. That is called seed lac, which is the kind of processed lac. 
And then if you process seed lac, you get shell lac mm. or shellac. This is how Canadians make maple syrup also. Oh, through a cheesecloth sock? Yeah, they're like, do you want a grade uh, A amber or with all the bug with all the bug bodies? And mm-hmm. a Canadian would be like, yes, sir. <laughs> Please put that on my hotcakes. More bug bodies. Now, the list of, uh, of, uh, of games Buddha wouldn't play kind of varies depending on the source. Are there different scriptural versions of this, like the Gospels? There are. And in one of them, uh, Category 6 is games uh, involving hitting a short stick with a long stick. What would that even be? Well, and that's part of why that's not on all the lists, because it, it, some people suggest it might just be a translation error. Um, I can it's think of— less, less relevant today since there's no such games, but I guess you want to have it on the books in case that game comes back. Hitting a short stick with a long stick is not a game that Buddha would play. What if that becomes the hot toy of Christmas 2022? You want Buddhists to be everywhere to be vigilant against if about the short and the long. Sticks. I do feel like as as somebody looking for a get rich quick scheme, to go back in time and find like all the games that Buddha outlawed. Some of them didn't make it. Maybe he was successful, and then bring those back into our our contemporary like like godless society. I can't believe nobody's engineered a, a like a tabletop game called Buddha would never. And it's, you know, uh-huh. there's 16 categories and it's like, uh, you know, now we're going to play the shellac game. Now we're going to play the Jenga game. So seven we've talked about already, ball games. All ball games. That's crazy. Uh, category eight, just as prevalent as category seven, all ball games. Category eight, no blowing through toy pipes made of leaves. Is your implication that he's doing these in order of importance? But like the ball games is less popular in his day than dipping your hand in shellac and splashing it on a wall? Well, what's interesting now is he goes through a series of things that he doesn't want you to play with. So these are not even games? Uh, eight, you're not supposed to play with a toy pipe made of leaves. You're not supposed to play with yourself. And I believe that the toy pipe is not like a smoking pipe, but rather like a, a pipe, like a I was imagining like pipe. a kid blowing bubbles. Oh, I see. You're, like not, a, you're not supposed to make a... Oh, yeah, like when you blow through with grass, right? Yeah, like a, you use the grass for the reed? A toy pipe made of leaves. I don't that's, know how to do that. That's what I interpreted it as, but I'm not reading it in its original Sanskrit. So no kids tootling on on uh, reeds in the, in the woods. Uh, number nine, no plowing with a toy plow. Well, first of all, what's fun about that? <laughs> what's to fun quote, about not doing it or what's fun about doing it? To quote Tom Hanks in Big... <laughs> What would be fun about plowing with a toy plow? Did he really have to dissuade the youth from doing I guess if mom and dad, you know, just much as today, you know, you've got a you've got a toy kitchen, right. if you've got a parent who's a chef, you know, a lot of a lot of toys mimic careers. Right. Uh, if you're on if, a if, if you're, you're on a road trip in ancient times. If everybody you know is plowing all day, of course right. a kid would want to drag around a little plow. If you're on a on a road trip and and you're all riding on a plow, the kid's gonna bring along a toy plow. Yeah, do you think That's Hot, Wheel, Hot Wheels just made plows back then? But I also feel like, yeah, if you were if you were some grown people and you were sitting around and you had and you picked up a little stick and you started making little furrows in the dirt while you were talking and you were imagining them as as plow as, as furrows in a in a field, you were you didn't have you had, hadn't meticulously it crafted have to a look toy like plow. A plow, right? You're just plowing with a little stick. Anything that acts as a plow might. Anger the Buddha. Well, that is, you know, that is something that he wouldn't do. It's distracting him from his other work. It just seems like he could say things like, don't look, don't fidget. Well, he does. He says no playing with toy windmills. Well, see, again, that's a little more specific than don't fidget. I feel like he's leaving a lot of kinds of fidgeting out. Uh, Don't play 
with toy, don't play um, with toy measurements made from palm leaves. He also doesn't want you to play with windmills made from palm leaves or pipes made from palm leaves. Maybe he's just anti-palm leaf. The thing is, it feels more and more like palm leaves were one of the major building materials they had, at least in toy construction. Or at least one of the more sinful ones. What, uh, what do you think a toy measurement is? Is it a, is it a, it's being used as a standard? It's a palm leaf that's been measured to match a certain Buddhist length? I, so I'm trying to imagine like playing with lengths or measures, you know, distracting yourself with that kind of like, is this longer than that? Um, there, toy right. measures would have to be about comparison. I guess. You're making, you're making a game out of comparing, uh, uh, like volume or length and or here we weight. Can, and here we can infer the ethical problem, which is that we should not spend all our time in comparison of outward properties. That's right. Which it, are, which are uh, transient. Leave the material world of measurements and windmills and plows <laughs> and pipes behind. <laughs> it really, it seems like he should say, don't play with any object. The life of the mind is what's important. Um, toy windmill seems unusually specific. He probably just had one annoying disciple who was always playing a toy windmill. He's like, I thought of a new yeah. addition to my list. Well, he, and uh, he's like, Rajiv. Well, <laughs> I'm now. I took palm leaves, and now I'm now I'm playing. Now it's a little cot for my little doll. Uh, right in here somewhere, there's another one that doesn't make all the lists. Um, right after playing with a toy plow, but before playing with toy windmills. Uh, what I've, what I've written down as uh, precept 9A, subset A, no somersaulting. Oh. Which also feels like, well, I get no, 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 no toy windmills. I get no toy measurements or no toy carts, which is number 12, but no somersaulting. And maybe by extension, no kinds of fun bodily games. He doesn't say no skipping. For instance, hmm. he doesn't say no running around the courtyard for exercise. Maybe it's true. A lot of these do still allow for exercise, but, although back then you wouldn't need exercise because. But no somersaulting. It's too whimsical. It doesn't have there's it, there's no other purpose. Your robes fly up, and you can see the Buddha's hmm. bottom. Crucially, number thirteen: no playing with toy bows. So don't pretend to be don't no pretend fighting. He doesn't say no no pretend sword fighting. But no toy bows. Yeah, it's true. Other he would have had access to other weapons, combat games. So basically, wrestling. A, he doesn't prohibit wrestling. A toy, a toy, um, assault rifle would be fine today. But a toy bow. So what would be the problem with a bow that that he wouldn't have a problem with a sword? Maybe or it's with a shoot your eye out issue. Oh, you know, it's 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 the equivalent then of a BB gun that could right. No BB guns that could injure a friend or yourself. And then um, in a list that has 16, and I guess in a list that has 18, uh, there are three more. One of them, uh, number 14, slash 16. These are not in all versions. Not in all versions. Uh, these, this, th these following three are in all versions. Oh, okay. No guessing at letters traced with the finger in the air on a friend's back. Oh, we used to do that. Yeah. I did that as a kid. Yeah, it's a classic sitting in church game. A natural game. You draw a little letter and the person next to you it guesses what you're writing. Yes. Buddha specifically singled out this game as one to not do. You have to wonder if maybe he just sucked at a few of these games. 
and he was just tired of losing. So from now on, I will never play that game where I cannot guess the letter. Well, as you just said, it, it's a popular game in church, and you can imagine Buddha standing up in front of a group of monks, and he's explaining, like, here is why we don't play with toy pipes made out of, and then there's a monk writing on another one's back going, like, check it out. And he's writing like Buddha sucks or whatever. And Buddha's like, and also. I just thought of it. It has just been revealed to me that there is another game. No tracing with the finger in the air. But then the last two, very different from one another. Number 15, no guessing at a friend's thoughts. Was that a popular game? Well, 20 questions. Oh, yeah. What am I thinking? I guess this is any. I guess, yeah, 20 questions is basically what am I thinking of? It's a. I mean, but, but in, in a way, it's as old as time. Like, guess what I'm thinking? And we and we used to do that kind of just ESP game, too, like in hopes that we'd just stumble on it. Fruit salad! And yeah, then yeah. you'd be like, wow, I must have powers. Right. But it never worked. Which one of these do you like better? Guess. Mm. I mean, uh, Buddha's like, no, don't waste your time. Don't, don't guess at things. Don't waste your time. Look, guessing. you should just tell him, and then you don't have to play the game. Right. And then the final game that Buddha wouldn't play, Imitating Deformities. Is that a game? Well, yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a very popular ancient I'm, I'm sure, game. Yeah, I'm sure lots of impressions and imitations. That's probably one of the oldest of games. But specifically, he doesn't ban them all. Just like the ableist ones. Yeah, you can you can imitate your dorky headmaster, but not his limp. You cannot imitate a speech impediment, or you know, it's no mockery, basically. Which seems like a very good and heavy game that he wouldn't play. And seems weird that he puts it on the same list as plowing with a toy plow. Right. Like this one, you can actually see the uh, the clear ethical background. Or maybe, maybe it just happens to intersect with our idea of ethics, whereas to Buddha, it's clear, you know, on the higher meditative plane where, where his mind is, it's clear why that's just as bad as, as the toy windmill. Yeah, right. The, 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 that he's talking about it from a materialist standpoint and not a uh, he doesn't really care about the the hurt, one. the hurt feelings yeah, or the right. although maybe he does i'm you know I, I in reading the list of games that buddha wouldn't play i feel like i learned a lot about buddha what what, what do you think what changed in your idea of buddha now that you've seen his um his no go game list you know having confined my knowledge of uh buddha I mean, I, I haven't purposely confined it, but hundred you know, percent statues at Chinese restaurants. Most of the most of the Buddha that I understand is from reading uh, Siddhartha by Herman Hesse, <laughs> not, not not the total story of Buddha, and then uh, and then also, and also from a German guy, it's, right? It's like learning about uh, Southern plantation music from a white songwriter in in Ohio, in, in the Bowery of New York, or something. Um, but also then trying to figure out what my uh, what my like college friends that all got into yoga are talking about when they talk about Buddhism. And then it's probably you know, this, right? Yeah, of course. Right. Like trying to figure it. So you guys don't do Yahtzee anymore, right? No, man. No, it's got <laughs> dice. <laughs> but, um, but figuring, you know, l- learning that Buddha really did, uh, r- was a list maker. And then in researching this, like the number of, uh, ecumenicals, like the number of treatises that were, that, were produced in the in the era Buddhist contemporary contemporary era and then the eras that followed. There are there's a lot more documentation of what Buddha would and wouldn't do than I would have expected. I thought he kind of laid it out and then 
then, uh, you know, went back to sleep under that tree. I didn't realize that he had so many scriptures. He was out doing the work. There was, there are a ton of scriptures. Maybe some of them are apocryphal. I'm sure they're all, I'm sure none of them actually date to his lifetime, just like many religious leaders. What, what I didn't figure out is, uh, I didn't get any clarity, any further clarity or understanding, uh, it, as to how or why you would play hopscotch. He doesn't address it. He just says, don't do it. And I, but I, I'm still in the dark. He why just, do it in the first place? He just says he wouldn't do it, which you, you have framed as a very great, a sign of his inner grace. But to me, it just seems petulant. Like I Buddha would like everyone to know I'm not doing the fault. It's like your friend who, 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 you know, will not go to Thai food or my, my kid announced yesterday that, um, that she will never get in the inflatable kayak again. Oh. And I was like, but you love the inflatable kayak. Nope. This is a new dogmatic rule. It's over. So this just makes Buddha kind of seem like a pill that he wants all his friends to know his, his 16 game rules. I'm really wondering now that I know the games that Buddha wouldn't play, uh, in the course of walking through a, a typical summer, whether I'm going to catch myself like idly drawing a, a line in the dirt and going, wait a minute, I'm playing with a toy plow. Like, am I going to catch myself playing some of these games and realize... You'll sense some pure mind leaving you. Yeah. And you'll realize, of course. Wait a minute. It was the toy plow. It was the toy plow I'm, all along. I'm farther than ever from enlightenment. And that concludes Games Buddha Wouldn't Play. Entry 514.PP0203. Certificate number 25968 in the Omnibus. Now, future links, we don't know what your dogmatic rules are regarding recreation. Uh, we hope that you're not on social media, but we were at Omnibus Project in our age. I'm at Ken Jennings. Uh, John, you can find at his Patreon if you're looking for him online. Uh, I certainly hope you're not sending email. My kids don't send email. What? It's, it's over. What? What do they do? TikTok each other? Yeah, they just TikTok each other. What is that even? No, they don't make TikTok videos. They uh, they'll just text. Texting is texting is now email and voice conversation, and they don't email, huh? Uh, are you ready for that? Are you ready not to email? Well, it's just, I have something I want to forward to them, and I know if I forward this document, they will literally never see it. So I have to act it out as a TikTok, um, doing doing a, a couple of funny voices, you mm -hmm. know, with, with hey. my, my two beloved TikTok characters. Hey, you haven't done your chores, hee. <laughs> Uh, I was trying to put together a road trip for my family because my family wants to go on a road trip and they have like, they've put the ball in my hands. You, you plan the road trip. We want to go on a road trip, but not plan one. And so I started planning a road trip and I realized it was too long for a series of texts. And so I put it in an email and it was the first time that I wrote an email where I wasn't replying to someone else's email. You'd never done it before? Well, no. Where's the compose button? I forget, I forget what the last email I sat down and was like, I'm writing an email. It's usually I'm replying to an email, but this was one I, I, I actually wrote, and I have no idea whether anyone saw it. Uh, probably not, if they're anything like my family. Well, if you are, if um, emails are not on your verboten list, you can email us at theomnibusproject at gmail.com. Uh, if fan culture does not violate your list, you hmm. could go to the, you can hang out with the Futurelings on Facebook, a uh, delightful group. They're a nice group. If, um, monetary donations 
don't violate your uh, your personal economic policies. You could support Omnibus. Um, Patreon.com slash Omnibus Project would give you access to an amazing variety of perks, ranging all the way from the humble, like a bonus show each month at the lowest support level, all the way up to making John and I come to your house and play elephant chess with you. Blindfolded mm-hmm. elephant chess. We're going to play blindfolded elephant chess while I'm on an exercise bike and Ken is singing the uh, the, the lyrics to Union Dixie. I can do it because I can imagine where all the chess pieces are, just like I can imagine a perfect rose. John has just a cacophony of voices saying, move the rook, move the rook. And then his neighbor's dog is like, do some murders. Murder the postman. Can you imagine playing a game of chess in your imaginarium? No, but, um, you know, chess is a common device used in memory research. Oh. Because what happens is, you know, a chess rookie like you or I trying to memorize a position on a chessboard would have to memorize where every piece is spatially. Right. And a, a good chess player would just look at the board and immediately see the positions and the strategies and the development of the game. Right. And so all the positions would just come automatically because they can see, oh, here's what happened in this corner. And then they can just set up the pieces because they saw the situation and not the not the the scatter, you know? Right, right, right. So the better you get at chess, the better you could do at that kind of thing. But no. I, I could not do that. No. Um, hope you're not against the U.S. mail. Uh, you can mail us things to the Omnibus Project at P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington, 98155. Um, Andrew has just sent us uh, Pokemon cards. You know, those are very popular around here. There's a huge, uh, there's a run on Pokemon cards right now. It's the it's the dog coin of our time. What? Are you serious? Yeah, you can't get Pokemon cards for ready money. I think they became very popular during the pandemic. Oh, so which cards did we get here Let's from see. Andrew? Andrew has a reason. I got a GameStop promo Flapple. Um, All right. Because it's a 2021 confluence of. I don't understand what the two cultural relics are. One is just the shortage of Pokemon. And maybe the other is the run on GameStop stock. Uh-huh. The Pokemon Flapple is a, gas, a grass and a dragon type, which begs the age-old question, which would you rather have, a Flapple in your apple or half a Flapple in your apple? Oh, he is kind of a worm, I see. He's a worm-like guy with an apple skin. And then you got... He was going to send you Misty's Tears, but he didn't want to wind up on some sort of FBI list. I don't know what that means. I don't either. So he sent you Misty's Determination. I think because you like to talk about uh, your waifu. Mm-hmm. And so you get Misty, the trainer Misty. Well, let me see. Oh, she's a, it's a trainer card. Are it they is. both trainer cards? No, mine is a, a grass and dragon Pokemon. Mine is Flapple. GameStop promotional Flapple, no less. Flapple and Bespin Fatigues. You still can't reach that. Ah, come here, you. There okay, you go. Okay, here we go. And a trainer card is... Is good. This is a shiny one. Misty's Determination. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see why he didn't want to end up on an FBI list, because this is a cute little waifu here. I guess, but would her tears be worse than her determination? I don't hmm. I don't even know how to begin I'm to answer that. I'm not sure. That. I'm not sure. I don't understand any of this. Futurelings, from our vantage point in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived or whether it even qualifies as a civilization. If we can't keep our Pokemon cards stocked, 
how are we going to manage anything else as a culture? I'm wondering whether on a list of games that John wouldn't play, whether Pokemon would be on the list or not. All card games. All card games. Are I feel like mine is all video games. I'm like the Buddha there. That's my number five. It's not going to be like video games involving small go-karts. It would, it would be a all video blanket games. prohibition. Um, no games involving toy plows and no video games of any kind. No video games with mushrooms. That's, that's all of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Video games are mushroom-based in our era. We hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. But if the worst comes soon, this recording, like all our recordings, may have been our final word. But if Providence allows, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the Omnibus.